0: Hey guys, I want to welcome you to the Mosaic Podcast. I'm Pastor Irwin Raphael McManus and just wanted to thank you for listening. In case you didn't know, I just released a new book. It's called The Genius of Jesus, The Man Who Changed Everything. And you can order it today at thegeniusofjesus.com. You know one of the pet peeves that I have, one of the things that just kind of irritates me a little bit, it's not a big thing, but you ever go get food with friends, you're getting a great meal and the meal is actually great, but you're talking a lot. And everyone else is eating in a different speed than you so they're done but you're not done but it's not that you didn't want to eat is that you were getting asked questions so you were doing a lot of the talking and then the waiter comes up and tries to take your food you ever do that yeah in fact if you've ever worked in the service industry as a waiter stop trying to take my food away (laughs) it drives me crazy people they'll come up and and they'll just reach for they won't even ask me they just reach for my plate and I just usually look at them and go "Uh uh-uh yeah. I'm not finished yet. Have you ever had to tell someone that? No, I'm not finished yet. They, they, they think you're done, but you're not done. I don't know why they think you're done, because you're clearly not done. Just because everyone else is done doesn't mean you're done. And, and in fact, even as a parent, there were times where Aaron and Mariah were not living up to my expectations of them. And I felt that we needed to have a meaningful, deep conversation about standards and procedures, respect, authority expectations, and, and and especially Mariah But <laughs> look at me and say, are you finished? Oh, <laughs> that lets me know I'm not finished. Because if you're asking me if I'm finished, I know I'm just getting started. <laughs> and I would say, no, you sit down. I'm not finished yet. <laughs> See, I, I think there are times in life where everyone else wants you to be finished, but you're not. Wow. And, and today, I just want to just talk as we dive into the context of the last era, because I, I, I've actually been, been doing some personal evaluation, having written this book, and now that it's out, now that the message is out there, I'm actually stepping into and going, what did I forget to say? Because I, I don't want you ever to live under the illusion that when a writer writes a book that he's finished. In fact, a lot of times, his best material comes after the material has gone out. I'm trying to grab it pull it back, but my publisher said no. There's so much more to talk about. So the great advantage I have here is I can kind of do a prequel. If George Lucas can do a prequel, I can do a prequel. So last week was the beginning of the prequel of The Last Arrow. This is what you should have known before you knew. And and so last week we asked the question, well, what what did you expect? Because you're not going to live the life that you're created to live. You're not going to come to the end of your life with a sense that you have finished your task, completed your mission, if your expectations were too low. But I also think that there's this this huge temptation that will step into your space that you'll be faced with over and over and over again, that others will want you to be finished before you're finished. That that life will give you the opportunity to stop before you're done. And one of the great challenges is is this this mentality that you should quit and pretend you failed. See, I think that's one of the things that really drove me in, in writing the book, was that so many of us confuse quitting with failing. And that there has to be inside of us this internal resolve to actually finish what has been started because everything that God starts inside of you he wants to finish through you and I wonder how much is inside of you that is not yet finished and in fact I think some of us have our deepest regrets because there were great things started in us that were left unfinished by us you know what they are but you don't know everything that you left unfinished. Otherwise, you would just crumble under the weight of despair. But you you probably have a sense of a few things. I I look at my life and I go, yes, that was something that that God started that I didn't finish. That was something that God called me to step into, but somewhere along the way, I lost my resolve, I lost my determination, I lost my courage, I lost my faith, and so I lost my opportunity. We like using fatalistic, deterministic language, not, not sometimes only just to defend ourselves from failure, but actually to protect ourselves from success. We, we sometimes use language, you know, if God wanted to happen, it, it would have happened. If God wants it to happen, it's going to happen. We, we, we sometimes are the most superstitious people in the world. We act like the future's already concrete, completely set, and all you're doing is robotically moving into the future God has already designed. Where is the creativity in that? God is so much more creative than creating a fatalistic future. But sometimes what we do is we actually protect ourselves. We go, well, you know, if God had wanted it to happen, it would have happened. And we, we put that in our mind, and we don't hear the voice coming, I think, from attorney saying, "Nah, you just quit. I wanted it to happen. You're the only one in the relationship that did not want it to happen. See, here's the crazy thing. When you do not believe it can happen, God actually does believe it can happen. God never has a crisis of faith. He just has a crisis of us. So I was thinking about Caleb because he finished so well. In fact, I I think about Caleb more now than ever in my entire life. Because Caleb seemed to refuse to quit when everyone else thought the job was done. In Joshua chapter 14, Joshua and his leaders have stepped into the promised land, have won battle after battle, have seen conquest after conquest. Joshua It is almost a a foreshadowing of the power and conquest of Jesus. That Jesus would come to bring us peace. And Joshua was the one who would give his people peace. Joshua would accomplish what Moses would only dream of. But now they're at the end of this this era, and, and Joshua begins to divide the land up. In the beginning of verse 6, it says, Now the people of Judah approached Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, and the son of Genopheth, and the Chazenite said to him, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God at Kadesh Barnea, about you and me? I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to explore the land. This is Caleb speaking. And I brought him back a report according to my convictions. I love that. He didn't bring back a report according to reality. He brought it back according to his convictions. See, a lot of us want to just bring back the facts, but we forget that the facts are always wrapped up in us. It's amazing how two people come back with the same facts and have two different futures. I came back and brought a report according to my convictions. But my fellow Israelites who went up with me made the hearts of the people melt in fear. I, however, followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So on that day Moses swore to me, the land on which your feet have walked will be your inheritance and that of your children forever. Because I have followed the Lord my God wholeheartedly. So what exactly is Caleb asking Joshua for? He's sort of going back and saying, do you remember... When you sent the 12 leaders from the 12 tribes out into the land to spy it out, because that's what they did. Joshua and Caleb went out together. And Moses had sent them out to spy the land. And it was only Joshua and Caleb who came back and gave a good report. All the other leaders said, we don't want to go there. There's no future there. And so right now, Caleb is reminding his partner in crime Joshua of what they did together. So then he says in verse 10, Now then, just as the Lord promised, he has kept me alive for 45 years since the time he said this to Moses while Israel moved about in the wilderness. So here I am today, 85 years old. I love this part. That gives me another good solid 26 years. He says, I am still as strong today as the day Moses sent me out. I'm just as vigorous, I love that word, I'm just as vigorous to go out to battle now as I was then. Now give me the hill country that the Lord promised me that day. You yourself heard that the Anakites were there and their cities were large and fortified, but the Lord helping me, I will drive them out just as he said." I love what, what happens next. It says, Then Joshua blessed Caleb, son of Jephunneh, and gave him Hebron as his inheritance. So Hebron has belonged to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kizanite, Kenite, I hate this. Ever since, <laughs> ever since because he followed the Lord, the God of Israel wholeheartedly. And it says, Hebron used to be called Kiriath Arba after Arba, who was the greatest man among the Anakites. Then the land had rest from war. Now, there's a particular phrase here I want you to catch with me. It says, Then Caleb blessed, then Joshua blessed Caleb. And how did Joshua bless Caleb? Joshua blessed Caleb by giving him the mountains where the giants still lived. Joshua blessed Caleb by giving him the territory that was still at war. Joshua blessed Caleb not by giving him the land already conquered, not by giving him the land that was already filled with peace. Joshua blessed Caleb by giving him another battle that he could step into. See, I think we, we misunderstand this whole language of blessing. We think when God blesses us, He gives us peace and rest. He makes it easy and simple. He lets us settle and be secure. I wonder if that's when God actually just placates us rather than blesses us. So, what have you been asking God for? A land of peace. Or you never have to battle or a land in turmoil so you can bring peace. <laughs> I'm not finished yet, is what Caleb said. Say that with me. I'm not finished yet. I'm not finished yet. See, you need to decide that you're not finished just because everyone else is finished. See, I'm not finished just because you're finished. I'm not finished just because you're tired. I'm not finished just because you're satisfied. I'm not finished just because you're comfortable. See, I think you have to decide in your own heart that you're not going to let anyone else or anything else decide when you're finished. Because everyone else was finished. Even Joshua was dividing up the land, acting like they were finished. And I think Joshua and Caleb had a rapport. They were bros. They did this together. So Caleb could look at Joshua and says, remember when we were young? We were hungry. Remember when we were young and we were sent out to spy the land for Moses? We came back, you and me, with conviction. Everyone else was terrified. Everyone was afraid. You, you, you probably remember it, but let's go back. Numbers 13, beginning in verse 26. It says, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh. In the desert of Paran. There they reported to them and to the whole assembly and showed them the fruit of the land. They brought some back. They gave Moses his account. We went into the land to which you sent us. And it flows with milk and honey. Here it is. It's fruit. But the people who live there are powerful. And the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there, the giants, the relatives of Goliath. The Amalekites live in the Negev, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites live in the hill country, and the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, we should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. But, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of a great size. We saw the Nephilim, the men who are like gods. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anna come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes. And we looked the same to them. Said, we don't want to go there or we'll be finished. We don't want to go there because we'll die. But here's the problem if they didn't go there, they would die where they are. So they could either die because they surrendered before the battle or they could die in the battle without surrender. But they would rather exist. Then risk the battle to live. See, their decision was, we don't need to do this. We're already finished. We're already done. They wanted to quit and call it a failure. See, but they, their failure was that they were willing to quit. Are you finished yet? See, I think God is looking for someone who says, I'm not finished yet. I'm not finished just because you're finished. See, I, I, I was thinking this point how there are people who want to experience the wonder of what happens in community. There are people who go to church, but they're not willing to fight for what causes the church to thrive. And the moment there's, there's sacrifice, the moment that, that it costs us something, We begin to bail. It's in those moments you actually know who's not finished yet. Who's willing to fight for the future? Who's willing to sacrifice for more, for a better world? I know it's super controversial right now, but the NFL has done everything it can to stop Colin Kaepernick from having his voice resound across this nation. And I think it is kind of ironic that he chose to kneel during the national anthem as a statement that African-American men and women are not experiencing justice in a world controlled by Caucasian men and women. And so he kneels and loses his job. And so ironically, he's protesting the very thing that has cost him his career. Because now he can't get hired because he's a black quarterback protesting white injustice, and so the white owners won't hire this black quarterback. Now, I know I'm not supposed to talk about this, but I just can't help it. And and I know the answer. Even my other part of my brain, yeah, but it's capitalism. It's not racism, it's capitalism. I go, wait a minute, no, but if it's capitalism, here's a black quarterback who's better than half the white quarterbacks in the NFL. So if it's just capitalism, why aren't you hiring him so you can win? But all that aside, whatever your position is, all that. I'm not going to tell you what my position is. You just have to figure that out. And here's the crazy thing about it. Is that everybody wanted to tell him, you're finished. But he, it's almost he said, look, I'm not finished just because you're finished. And now he no longer has a job. He, he, he's no longer allowed on the field. But I don't know if you've noticed, but Colin Kaepernick is being reproduced and replicated and on every team and on every field and in every game. And, and whether you agree with him or not, here's my point. There has to come a time in your life where you decide it doesn't matter if anyone else is willing to die on this battlefield. This is my battlefield. This is where I take a stand. This is what I stand for. And everyone else will want you just to shut up. Everyone else will just want you to chill. Everyone else will just want you to pull back. What's wrong with you? Why won't you let it go? If you can let everything go, it means nothing has a hold of you. And I just want to know, what matters enough for you? That it doesn't matter what anyone else says or thinks about you. That you will actually take a stand in life. I love that Caleb said, Joshua, you seem to have forgotten. (laughs) They're both about 85. Forget a few things. I love how Caleb is calling his bro out. Say so you don't seem to remember what happened back then. So let me remind you, when everyone else thought we were finished, I said, I'm not finished yet. They didn't even want to start 45 years ago. So of course they want to stop now, because they don't understand what we're about. See, you need to decide in your life that something matters more to you than your life. But something matters more to you than you. The last arrow is not about self-fulfillment. It is about self-sacrifice. It's about striking the arrow, not for your success or your victory, but for the needs and benefit of others. So I'm not finished yet, even if you're finished, but I'm also not going to be finished until, um, until it's finished. See, I, I think one of the great challenges in life is that opportunities look awesome up front. You ever, ever notice that? that? That's what's so exciting about opportunities is that they look opportune. <laughs> I hope that's a word. <laughs> do, you, do you ever jump into something, that, there's no way this is going to work, See, there are no entrepreneurs that go, nope, we'll never make any money doing this. See, every opportunist looks at a moment, and it looks ripe with opportunity. So we dive into things that that we think will give us the future we long for. But the problem is that that opportunity has kind of a strange dynamic. It has a huge wide opening, and then it, it has a really thin center. And then it has a huge wide opening on the other end. So when you look at a person who's actually stepped through an opportunity, you go, wow, they hit it big. It's huge. You ever had that thought? Man, I wish I had thought of that. I wish I'd been there. Some of you are old enough. You could have invested in apple early. You could have taken a bite from the apple and lived eating apple pie all your life. But you didn't. You didn't. Some of you are old enough, you could have invested in IBM, and you would have done really well. Some of you are old enough to um, have invested in, like, the television. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. See, there are opportunities right in front of you that you do not even realize are ripe. And, and, and you, sometimes we only see them when the other person is on the other side. Have you ever noticed that that person doesn't seem that bright? You ever get frustrated? Really? He's a billionaire. Wow, how did that happen? In fact, I've been around some of these billionaires. They're not that bright. They were just bright in that one thing. They were so bright in that one thing. They may not know anything else. They just knew this one thing. And then when they have billions of dollars, they can be right about a lot of things. Because they can try it a billion times until they get it right. See, the problem is that opportunity is big at the beginning and big at the end, but it's really skinny in the middle. And most of us bail in the middle. Most of us bail when it gets hard. We, it, we bail when it requires discipline and determination and resilience and hard work. Most of us b- bail when it requires sweat, much less blood. And we just say, you know, I'm out. I'm over this. In fact, I didn't even know that was a phrase, but I've learned that, mostly from Aaron. I told Aaron, that I don't know how many conversations we've had, where he's just like pacing. I don't know if you know, but Aaron's not calm. I'm glad he's not calm. He's alive. We have way too much calm in the world. And he basically goes, I'm over this. What? (laughs) I'm over this thing. I'm over this. I'm over it. I used to get nervous (laughs) because he's over it. But I realized, oh, he's not over it. He's trying to get over it. And Hey, you ever been just, I'm over it. I'm over this. I'm over this relationship. I'm over this project. I'm over over faith. I'm over God. I'm over church. I'm done. You ever just been frustrated enough to go, I'm over this? See, here's the thing. The moment you decide you're over this, you're under it. (laughs) That's for you. But I think it's for us. Because you have to decide I'm not finished yet. I'm not finished until I'm until it's finished. There are certain things in your life you just need to give yourself to and believe that your resolve, your determination, your discipline, your pain, your sacrifice, your suffering, your wounds are the material that God needs to use to accomplish something that will never happen apart from you. <laughs> can, can, Imagine Jesus at the Garden of Gethsemane praying and saying, Father, if there's any other way, but not my will but yours, that's what he said. But what if he said, you know what? I'm over this. See, I, I think Jesus, I, I gave him a shot. These people, they don't get it. They don't get me. I'm done with them. I got this Peter guy. He acts and then thinks, Really? Of all the people on the planet, that's the best you got to give me. I got this guy who doubts everything. I got two brothers who think they're all that. They want to sit at the right and left in my kingdom. Really, this is who you give me. I got all these women they marry. They got a lot of Romans who should want to kill me, and they're not even my problem. You see, I, I think most of us, if we were in the garden, it just says that Jesus began sweating drops like blood. We were just saying, I'm over this. I gave it my best shot. I'm not going to go forward, because going forward is going to require more of me, more sacrifice, more pain, more suffering. See, I'm so glad that Jesus didn't give up in the middle of the process. Because it's kind of epic to step in as a virgin birth. I mean, you can almost feel Jesus going, anybody done that before? (laughs) You know, you can live your life going, virgin birth. Kind of epic to conquer death. And leave the tomb empty. Boom. Drop the mic. <laughs> it's that little period of time that we call the Passion where Jesus suffered, was brutalized, was mocked and spat upon, was torn to shreds, was stripped of his clothes, and they tried to strip him of his dignity was torn so profusely that he was unrecognizable. And he hung on a tree and died alone, knowing the derision and, and hatred of the people he loved. See, Jesus decided he wasn't finished yet. And he wasn't finished until it was finished. It's not an accident that the last thing Jesus said was just one word to tell us that we translate, it is finished. See, if Jesus teaches us anything, is that the life that God has for you, the life that is after resurrection, can only come to us if we step into our crucifixion. But we keep trying to live the life of God outside of the suffering of Christ. And I think that that God is looking for people who say, I'm not done yet. I'm not finished yet. Slap that hand. (laughs) Not finished yet. Just because you're finished and I'm Not finished until it's finished. It doesn't matter if I'm tired. It doesn't matter if I'm exhausted. It doesn't matter if I'm afraid. It doesn't matter if I'm discouraged. It doesn't matter if all the circumstances are against me. I'm not finished yet. But uh, I want to just finish with this because we decide that we're not finished yet, which I'm not finished yet. (laughs) I'm not finished yet just because some of you are finished. Because some of you are satisfied. I'm going to live for those who aren't finished yet. Who still want to see God do more. I'm not finished yet t- until it's finished. Because this isn't about me. It isn't about you. It is about something bigger than all of us that we give ourselves to. And if Jesus could decide to see it all the way through, then we can keep leaning in and moving forward. But you got to decide I'm not finished yet until I'm finished. I have friends who are retiring. I have people that are retired, younger than me. I keep meeting people my age. I look at them and go, wow, you're old. You are like so old. And people are just so warm and kind. We're the same age. can't be true, can't be true. I I have friends sending me the retirement letters. I'm like, I feel like Marlon Brando. What? God, what's happening here? You, You know what I find is that we have a false perception of how we're supposed to end our lives. Look, you can retire from your job, and you can retire from your career, but you can never retire from your intention. You have, you have a reason to be here on Earth. Come on. There's some of you, you know this. Yeah, that's one of the things I love about still playing like basketball, even other sports. I used to play racquetball, play a little tennis. Play chess. I always love when that young athlete gets on that court, and they just think they're going to tear you up because they are a God-designed physical specimen. (laughs) And they just wear themselves out. 15 minutes in, they're sucking air, breathing hard, because they gave it all, because they have to be spectacular. I did play old school you're moving way too much all that motion it'll come back my way you're coming back my way see the older you get you just learn how to play smarter and what's amazing is that is that some of us actually underestimate how much strength how much power how much god wants to do through you you came to believe you were finished but if you're still breathing you're not finished You still have something God wants to do in you and through you. There is a contribution that God wants to make through your life. Let's let's redefine what it means to age, to grow up, to grow old. Let's let's change the language. We're not retiring. Man, we are re-upping see we, we used to be see when you were young you had the strength of the youth but they don't know what you know you don't even have to pull your sword out of its sheath until the very last second you just know how to get things done you know how to lead you know how to pray you know how to believe you know how to sacrifice and I wonder if you've actually benched yourself, when God was ready to put you back in the game. That's why I love Caleb. He says, I am 85 years old! I think it's funny, in Hollywood, no one wants to tell you their age. Everyone lies in the city. And people say, oh no, don't don't tell people your age. You gotta be young. You don't have to be young, you have to be alive. you know what I've come to see They are 25 year olds with the strength of a warrior but they're just floundering and drifting and existing here's a tragedy you will not fight at 85 if you haven't learned how to fight at 25 you will run from the Giants when you come to the end of your life if you ran from the giants in the strength of your life you want to know you want to know how to end well and how to take that arrow and strike and strike and strike and look back on your life and have no regrets then start now and don't give me but Irwin, I've wasted too much time stop trying to change time backwards Start changing time forward. Stop telling me what your past is. Start talking to me about what your future is. I don't care how much time you've wasted. God is the God of eternity, and He can actually transform your life right now, this moment. And I don't care how young or old you are, how much you've succeeded or failed. I want you to know something. There is a future. There is a future. There is a future that God has created for you, and it's waiting for you, and you need to step into it right now. So. Amen. So if you want to go to church, glad you're here. If you want to change the world, let's get busy. It's gonna cost us something. It's gonna cost you something. It's gonna cost you everything. In case you haven't connected the dots, you cannot live the life God created you to live until you give God the life you have for the one he has for you. Everyone can stand together. Let's just bow our heads just for a moment. Close our eyes. If you're here, and you're just tired of existing, you're ready to live if you're ready just to declare with every part of your being I'm not finished yet because God is not finished with me and you want the life that Jesus died for you to have if you want to know his forgiveness and his freedom if you know that Jesus is what your soul is longing for and right now you are ready to cross that line of faith and give your life to Jesus, I want to lead you in a simple prayer where you can give your life to him and he will give his life to you. Here's the prayer. It's so simple. Jesus, I give you my life. One sentence. There are so many conversations you and God will have going forward, but here's where it begins right now. Jesus, I give you my life. Right now, if you're here and that's your longing, just pray this. Just whisper this to God where you are Jesus, I give you my life. Jesus, I give you my life. If that's your longing, if that's your prayer right now, I want to pray for you. But I want you to hold your hand up high and say, That's my prayer right now. Jesus, I give you my life. Beautiful. Anyone else? Right now. Wonderful. Anyone else? Jesus. I give you my life. Just hold it up high, don't be embarrassed. Wow. Jesus, I give you my life. Father, I thank you for these that in this moment are just crying out to you saying, Jesus, I give you my life. I pray that in this moment, they would know that you have heard their prayer and that you have given them your life, that they belong to you. I pray, God, you would just pour your love and forgiveness and your hope and your joy in them. And God, I am so grateful that as many times as we mess up, as many times as we blow it, you just keep saying, I'm not finished yet. So Jesus, I'm gonna agree with you i'm not everything i want to be and i have so far to travel and i know there's so much you still need to do in me but that's okay because i'm not finished yet god i pray father for each person here god that they would just shout it out that they would just declare it that they would just it to the heavens, declare it to every fiber of their being, no matter how much they failed, no matter how much disappointment there's been, no matter how much brokenness there's been. God, I just pray that right now they would just shout with all of their soul. I'm not finished yet. We pray in Jesus' name. Can we say it together? I'm not finished yet. Come on, let me hear you. Now, come on. I'm not finished yet. One more time. I'm not finished yet. Thank you so much for joining us on the Mosaic podcast. I want to encourage you to take the message you just received and allow it to go deeply into your soul. Let Jesus do the deep work that only he can do. A special thank you to everyone who gives to Mosaic. Your sacrifice makes this podcast possible and creates life change all over the world. You can be a part of spreading this message around the world by going to mosaic.org give. You can also subscribe, rate, and share this podcast with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening. God bless you.